Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Whitfield Report. Part two of our 2018 uh, midterm election uh, post-mortem uh, post-election review and damn folks things have uh things have changed have uh changed a bit since the uh Thursday show on the round table uh as of Saturday night at 10pm when I'm recording this uh intro uh Florida Arizona and Georgia are all in primary recount uh, as far as I'm concerned as far as I know and uh, it's pretty tough out there too so uh, that victory that uh, we were talking on Thursday might not be such a victory after all it's it's still up in the wind. Who knows? I, I think Florida could still be, uh, you know, safe for uh, conservatives. I, I don't know, to be honest. Arizona is not looking good at this point. Uh, and as I said, Georgia is up in the air as well. At any rate, folks, uh, for part two of this uh, election special, I'm joined by uh, a guy who I've known for pretty much all of 2018, a guy by the name of Cody. Uh, you may know him better on Twitter uh, as Meritocracy, Meritocracy Bear. Uh, Cody and I met when we were part of the uh, Unbearables group, and uh, he's a super good guy. So he's interested in starting a podcast of his own. Uh, reached out to me and we decided to uh, do this collaborative podcast together. He wanted to come on my show, so I'm happy to have him. And uh, he's just a great guy. Loves uh, politics as much as I do. We talk election. We talked podcasting a bit. And uh, just pop culture and, you know, whatnot, too. So, as always, was uh, it was great to have him on. I love all my guests, but I especially love when I can talk podcasting with another uh, podcast enthusiast. So without further ado, here is this week's uh, weekend edition of the Whitfield Report with uh, Cody, a.k.a. Meritocracy, for part two of our big election special. Thank you for uh, listening, and enjoy the show.
Welcome to uh, this weekend's edition of the Whitfield Analysis. This is the Saturday edition live video. Welcome to the show. I am your host, uh, Sam Whitfield, as always, coming to you from South Florida. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 70 underscore NDC, hashtag Whitfield Report, Gab at Sam Whitfield. Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. TheSamWhitfield.com is my website. And uh, also, please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. We really appreciate that. And uh, I've done the intros in less than 45 seconds, so not bad. Uh, tonight, folks, I am joined by a, a longtime friend from Twitter. Well, not really that long, but feels like a long time <laughs> at least uh meritocracy bear or i guess meritocracy now uh has decided to finally do a face and name reveal so uh cody welcome to the show and uh if i can put you if i can figure out how to put you on screen uh we should be go good to go so welcome thank you for coming on oh thanks thanks for having me so, uh, Cody, you, you are, uh, you know, I've known you for about almost a year now, not quite, but, uh, we met through the now, one of the now defunct, uh, unbearable, I guess, discords, and, and we've ended up in multiple chat rooms and Twitter groups and whatnot, and, uh, you're pretty... And you've been really uh, into this midterm election stuff, and obviously we've been covering the midterms here. So, uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on just the midterms in in general? Well, it's it's sort of different now because we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Florida and uh, and Arizona, um, and and so that sort of changes things. But the initial response. Uh, was about what expected. I figured we'd get 53 to 55 seats uh, in the Senate and then um, probably lose the House. When the election, when the results started coming in, though, I thought I got a little um, I got a little more excited that we might hold the House because when it started, it looked like the polls were about three to four points off bias towards the Democrats. Um, so if that had carried over to the House races, you know, that obviously would have uh, made it a lot closer, even potentially given us, uh, you know, helped us retain the House. Uh, but that didn't happen. Um, but now it's hard to say because we don't we don't even know what's going to happen. No, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. And I mean, you you and I were in the same group conversation during uh, election night. My. Uh, I, I mean, I went back and forth between, uh, you know, like, sudden panic and uh, <laughs> then, then relief and then sudden panic again during uh, election night. And then I felt relief. And now you're in sudden panic. No, at this point, I'm kind of like, oh, uh, well, of course, because I, I guess, and I didn't know this because I'm I'm not a Florida native, but I guess they, oh, they ever since 2000... They've always done yeah. an auto recount, yeah. which I, yeah. I, which I did not know that. Um, but you know, again, I in the same know, counties too. It's yeah. the same counties all the time too. So, yeah. like, I'm not really in full fledged panic mode yet, but I'm just at this point, I'm kind of like, I mean, I, I still hope it, I, I still hope it goes in our favor. I feel like this is where election fraud could really, you know come to bite us in the ass um with with rick scott still being our governor um i feel like we still have a chance of that not you know prepping up as much but again like at what okay so like i guess at this point for me like i'm just at the point where like i would i i'm so drained from from tuesday that i i I literally can't give a fuck emotionally, so I just want to see. I just want to kind of see what happens before. Yeah. I, I react. So. Yeah, yeah. The last I saw, um, 
I think Scott was up like twelve, maybe twelve thousand five hundred votes the last I yeah. saw. So I don't know if they're actually if that means they're actually telling us now um, what the counts are because that's one of the laws in the state. Yeah, is that you know they have to they have to update them every forty five minutes. I think it is. So um, I don't know if that means they're actually telling us now. Yeah. Um, but the last I saw it was like twelve thousand five hundred. But who knows how many more are they going to find? Well, before? it's not just the Senate race though. A lot of people don't know this, but even though Gillum conceded the governor's yeah. race, I guess yeah, he, he sort of walked it back. Yeah, I guess, which I'm like, motherfucker, once you concede, like... Well, Nelson conceded, too, though. Yeah, I mean, like, but there should be, like, there should be concession, and then there should be, like, okay, well, like, if you don't, if you don't concede, but, 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 uh, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't think concession should be, like, a former, should be, like, a formal thing, unless, like, the person actually wants to, you know concede officially yeah if you get if you get what i mean i um, do i mean i i don't know i'm more i'm more worried people are worried about the about the senate race i'm more worried about gillum being governor just because like obviously well, that's, that's gonna have a that's gonna have a much more direct effect on you right right because a lot of things that are gonna affect florida are gonna happen on a state level well so. what i'm most worried about is this is I don't know if he's a if he's a fucking idiot or if he's, um, you know, purposely just if he's a if he's a purposeful actual actual communist. But this is the guy who's who was praising. Um, this is a guy who was openly praising Jerry Brown and the job that he's done in California. He wants yeah. to he wants to implement the same exact policies. Um, you know, Andy, I hate to break it to you, but have you seen what California has gone through economically? Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a shit show for the last, uh, you know, God, probably more than like 20 years now. So yeah, if we're being honest, um, yeah, probably since Reagan was governor, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, let, let me put it this way: it's gotten so expensive to live in California. And uh, by the way, Josh Josh Rogers is uh, here in the in the YouTube chat, so he can probably speak to us to this better than anyone else, since he kind of grew up in Hollywood. But I mean, it's gotten so expensive in Hollywood. It's gotten so expensive in California now that Hollywood it's cheaper for them to film all their you know, stuff abroad than it is in California. Well, it's cheaper to do everything anywhere else other than California. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? But, see, that's how, that's how fucking insane things have, yeah. have gotten there. And it, and it's like, okay, I, like, when this whole way started, I'm like, I knew Gilm, I, I knew Gilm was a Democrat, and, like, I wasn't gonna vote for him, but, like, up until I heard that he was praising Jerry Brown's um, economic policies. I was like, okay, he's a Democrat. But then once I heard that, I'm like, oh god. Well, well, look at Bernie Sanders though. Like the guy, the guy in the in the what the mid '80s was talking about how great basically Castro was. Uh, five years ago, you can still find the essay he wrote. I think it's still on the on the. I don't know if it's the if it's the Senate.gov or or which website it is for the for the the Senate there, but. Um, I mean, it was like five years ago, he was writing an essay about how you're going to find more economic uh, equality in Venezuela. This was five years ago. I mean, this is not like this is something new. And people don't, it doesn't seem to bother people. He's not, he's not wrong either. I mean, I mean, because. Yeah, they're just equally poor. Yeah, yeah, they're they're equally, they're equally poor. See, this is, this is the problem, especially with, with dumb millennials. And again, on. On behalf of millennials, I kind of have to to apologize. But they they hear economic equality and they think that they think the they think like like everything's going to be having what everyone's going to be having iPhone tens and like you know they think that they think it's going to be a utopia. They haven't read history, so they don't know what actually. Well, the 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 question is: Would you rather live in a country where there's more economic uh, equality? So let's say the top guy's making sixty grand a year. 
and and the bottom guy is making I don't know um, you know thirty grand a year and there's thirty thirty thousand dollars of inequality, or would you rather have an economy in a country where the highest guy is making let's say two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but the average guy is making sixty five, right? Like yeah, there's more economic inequality in the second example, but you're making thirty thousand dollars more a year, so there can be a large discrepancy between the high and the low but still be an overall better situation you know what i mean and people just it's like you bring that up and people are just uh, either stupid or willfully ignorant i'm not sure which but even our poorest poor here though are like yeah you know like think about this think about it this way poor people in this country can still get iphones you know like they might yeah. not they might not be you know, it might not be the iPhone 10, but you know, like we've pretty much all, we we pretty much live in a society where like even poor people can afford pretty you know like what what others what others would consider luxuries in other yeah. countries, poor people people can afford and still afford to live countries. Yeah, I mean the top one to be in the top to be in the top one percent in the world. I think it's only like thirty four thousand dollars a year or something like that. Yeah. To be in the top one percent when you look at it on a you know on a global scale, it's like the top one percent of income earners on a on a global scale is like thirty four grand a year. The the median income in the United States is what fifty five. Yeah, which I mean, you know, ob yeah, obviously that's not that's not bad, you know, and they always talk about like the top one percent of the one percent and how they need to pay to pay more taxes and it's like okay you're talking at point five percent of the of the population yeah who already pay the majority of the taxes yeah yeah uh, you know and that and that that even shifts year to year so which you know a lot of people yeah. a lot of people don't you know take into consideration either um other than election Stuff you've also mentioned, Cody, that you're going to be starting a a podcast of your own. I know you don't have all of the details uh, ironed out yet, but let's just talk shop a little bit because I don't get to do this with very, very many people. What <laughs> what kind of drew you into podcasting, and why do you want to? It's it's just something I've been thinking about for a long time. So um, probably probably at least the year that I've known you, if not longer than that. Um, so, so it'll probably just start with, um, just, uh, YouTube content for a little bit right now. Time is pretty crunched. I just got a lot going on. So I'll probably just start that way and then it'll get more focused as time goes on and sort of narrow in a bit, um, to where it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that sounds good. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm honestly a bit flattered that you, you know, You've kind of taken some that you've reached out to me for advice on on that. I re, I really appreciate it because you know even as long as I'm doing it, I I'm still I I think the the great thing with podcasting is that it's still such a fluid medium that like everyone is still learning how to figure it out. There's no set standard yet, so yeah. Um, and part of it is just always feeling like there's something more that we need to be doing. Like there's something more. Like we're not we're not reaching uh, enough people with a conservative message. Like you, like um, I think Shapiro was talking about this the other day. But it's true when you look at just to get back to the midterm too. Like the the, the group that figures out how to win suburban areas is the group that's going to win, right? And so we have to figure that out. And the more people that can think about it and try and figure out how that's going to happen, obviously the better. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Well, I mean, I I think I think messaging is a big is a big part too, and not just yep. in politics. But I've noticed a big uptick um, also in kind of how podcasting has kind of been what's what's uh, pushed back in, against a lot of this social justice. I I was just yeah. I was just talking with my stepdad. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. I've I've mm -hmm. made that pretty. Uh, Apparently, I'm I'm kind of a I'm myself I'm a self-admitted Rogan fan. Why I don't yeah I don't listen to to every single podcast of his because you you can't there 
there's not enough hours in, the, in a day or even in a week to go to listen to every single one that's like three hours long. But at the same time, the fact, what really fascinates me about kind of what's been going on with Rogan within the last two years, I know that he that he's more liberal on some subjects, but he I, I generally feel like he's in our camp simply because he's willing to have a dialogue with people who are on the right, like Shapiro, like Gav, like Gavin McInnes. The fact that he's even willing to have these people on makes him a right, makes him like a far right winger in the in the eyes of, of the left. Yeah, you know, and but that doesn't that doesn't take much, right? And I mean, no, and I agree, I agree with you that he's not like a total conservative, but like, but that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. not, and yet he in the he, eyes. He's someone. So, so I don't. Did you see Cameron Caskey on either uh, the Ben Shapiro special or on uh, Dave Rubin show? I, Dave, uh, Cameron Caskey's the kid from Parkland. Yeah. Well, is is Cameron Caskey the one who who's conservative? Uh, he's he's sort of trying to play the middle of the road right now. Okay. Who who's? You're thinking of Kyle. Kyle Kashev. Uh, yeah, I, 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 wa- I watched, I watched, I, I listened to uh, Kashev's thing on the Ben, on no, not the Ben Shapiro, on the Rubin Report, which, yeah. that, which that was fascinating. Um, I mean, I, I am going to, I am going to listen to the Kyle Kashev thing. It's just right now I'm listening. I just finished uh, the JRE today with Joey Diaz because. Who doesn't who doesn't like Joe Joey Diaz? And and now I'm now I'm listening to the one between Joe and Michael Malice, who I also I, I haven't listened to much of Michael Malice, but when I have heard heard his stuff, it's pretty fascinating. So Yeah. Well he's so he's he's sort of like Joe now, right? And he's like sort of trying to play that middle line where he's like, Oh, I don't know everything and I'm just trying to have conversations and I'm just trying to learn but when you listen to him you can tell my suspicion is he's going to go right back the other way or it's going to be hidden sort of leftism if you will like when he was on ben shapiro's show and they were sort of talking and he's sort of trying to play the moderate role and then ben's like well who who would you like for you know a candidate or a 2020 candidate or whatever and he's like beto it's like well wait a second wait a second like that's not that's not moderate at all like that's way out in left field he's i mean i can't and then and yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. And, no, and then, no, you know, Ben, no ben sort of put, pushes a little further. Well, why is that? And he basically admits, well, I don't really know. I just I just like him. Well, I mean, I don't know about Joe, but certainly with, uh, certainly with someone like Cameron, who's, who's a lot younger. He, yeah. He's not as well read. And so, you know, like, he might just be, I mean, I, I think... I mean, he's he's still learning, um, yeah. you know. And I'll, I'll say this: I mean, I'm I'm pretty much open to talking to anyone um, yeah. who you know, whether they be far, you know, whether they be far left, at, you know, as long as they're agreeable about it, or you know, yeah. agreeable about having a conversation, or far far right. I mean, I don't have a problem with com- conversing with anyone. I'm I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty solidly conservative. I mean, I'd say I'm more libertarian on social issues like gay marriage because mm-hmm. I think I, I think at this point that's kind of like a a moot point. We, I mean, you know, yeah. But um, I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, I think for the most part, you know, I'm pretty conservative um, and whatnot. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I also think it kind of depends on what, what your background is, right? I mean, I think, like, Kyle Koshev was already reading political stuff, and he kind of already knew yeah. where it was at before he got thrown in. Cameron Kasky kind of got thrown in, um, you know, and he's trying to decide where where he's at, um, you know, and of course, David Hogg... I mean, I almost feel. I, I, if if there's any truth to the to the conspiracy that Sandhook was pre-planned, 
Hogg's actions would almost, um, you know, like that if that would that's the one thing where I'm kind of like okay yeah I can kind of see this kid only had like 400 followers and it was verified within like yeah so I I so yeah so I was just gonna say to get back to the midterms a little bit because I did have some other some other thoughts about that um, one is the uh, the nine people arrested in the uh, in Texas for the the fraudulent voting uh, uh, scheme. So, so that sort of confirmed something that I had thought anyway. Because, like I was saying earlier, when you looked at polling, it was about three to four points off towards the Democrats in in a lot of the Senate races, with some variance. Some were closer, some were you know bigger spreads than that, but about three to four points. And then in Texas, somehow the only state where there was all of a sudden a four point bias towards the, the Republican. It's like, how was every poll three points, four points off towards the Democrat? And then in the one solidly red state, that was the one poll that was four points off in favor of the Republican. Like that just didn't make sense to me. So I had already had suspicion. And then they, and then I saw today they had arrested, arrested nine people and yeah. expect to arrest more. Yeah. I, I yeah, I heard about, heard about that. What, What's interesting about the election about the election fraud is that we're still we're still we're still even dealing with election fraud from um, the presidential election and not so much with Trump stealing the election but I mean what I mean let's be honest the fact that Time magazine literally printed an issue uh, beforehand you know declaring Hillary, Hillary Clinton the the winner okay that's not suspicious at all that they had like a whole entire issue ready to go so yeah there i mean there was voter fraud during the presidential election but it wasn't you know despite despite all of the voter fraud fraud that happened during the 2016 and trump still won like it just makes me wonder how much how much bigger Trump won during 2016 if we take away all the votes, Hillary? Yeah, I mean, I, honest, I honestly thought that if we did retain the House, there's the, maybe it was a slim possibility, but if we had the chance, if we had 54 seats in the Senate and still controlled the House, and he got a ton done in the next two years, I almost thought he might walk away and someone like... Uh, maybe Nikki Haley, and honestly, I think Lindsey Graham it, it would probably run at that point because uh, Lindsey Graham seems to be as close to Trump as you can get without being Trump. Like, I honestly think he's already running for twenty twenty four. I I I love I love a Lindsey Graham two point Yeah, as 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 we're now calling him. I mean, I think that's what it is. I yeah. think he's already running for twenty twenty four. Well, I, I, I certainly wouldn't I certainly wouldn't mind um, you know having this having this new one to go. It's it's funny Pe- people are making memes like after the after uh, because he and McCain were kind of buddy buddy, and then people like people like were making memes that after uh, McCain died, it was like the exorcism happened with Lindsey Graham, and he he finally like came back. Which you know those memes are funny, but I honestly think that that might have been what what uh happened yeah um i think another problem too that we have to think about is that you know in 2016 there were people who either weren't voting uh maybe due to age but also maybe they just were kind of apolitical and didn't just weren't interested who are now college-age students it's two years later these are now uh, 19 and 20 year olds in college, which we know is controlled by the left, right? They're being propagandized on college campuses. Those people are voting now, and that's something else we have to think about. There, yeah, there. I mean, there, there are in, there are insurgency groups like uh, the Young Amer- Americans for Liberty. I don't know if you can see my wristband there. But by the way, I always have to put this out there: not an official show sponsor, although they should be. Um, and also, you know, groups like Turning Point. The other interesting thing is, uh, 
I mean, Dems have been drug texting college students, yeah. too. Uh, I don't know if, if you read about that. It, I mean, it happened to me. Uh, I got texted by by a DNC person. I mean, I was already, and I mean, I was already signed up to vote and everything, like, when I moved yeah. here. And, you know, I, I, first I asked him, I'm like, how the fuck did you get my number? And B, like, okay, Google, I, I, I told him, I'm like, okay, Google my name. And then I said, and see, fuck off. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact, so, I mean, yeah, there are, there are, there are a lot of default, you know, liberals on, on college campuses. And, you know, that's partially why this podcast exists, but also the left is actually targeting college students. Right with their right. with their feel good propaganda. That that's why that's why that's why that is one area where I always have to kind of tart where I always do take issue with like boomer Republicans because they're always like, Oh millennials. They're all liberal and it they're all liberal and I'm like, Well, okay, you have you have okay, why is that though? They've been they've been programmed by the public by the public schools from like age five yeah to think this way and it's and it's not like the republicans really did a good job of influencing culture or education you know back when i was growing up you know in the late 90s and 2000s um you know republicans sucked at it and i think you know kind of bit them in the arse a bit with the older wave of millennials first voting for uh Obama in, in 2000, 2008, but you know, it wasn't all that well, it wasn't that unexpected, so. Yeah, yeah, I just think that in looking at 2020 when Trump runs again, I think you're going to see people who are maybe 16 years old now who will be 18, you know, at that time, people who are 18 now who will be 20 who who will be in colleges that are, you know, teaching them to be leftists, and the people who are 20 now, you know, there's like that whole group of people that is already being propagandized to the left. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was pretty interesting. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Shapiro. Maybe it was Michael Knowles. I can't remember, but they were talking about uh, some polling that had been done in Texas. And, and I guess what the poll had said was that people moving to Texas and voting blue isn't as big of a problem as the new voting block in Texas voting blue, meaning the ki- the people who are younger right. who are now coming of age are blue, and and there's that's more of a problem even than people coming from places like California and voting blue. So that's that's not a good thing. Yeah, and, and not for Texas. Anyway. And, Sh- and Shapiro knows knows. I mean, well, same thing happened. Same thing is happening here. I mean, again with. With David Hogg and, and Gen Z, Th- this is another issue where I, I kind of have to take where I kind of have to take issue with uh, Stephen Crowder a bit. I mean, I respect him, but he was. He, I mean, he's kind of gone on for the last year about how, um, to him at least, it seems that Gen Z is is more conservative, and I'm like, okay, but he never cites any study, and it's kind of like, okay, well, Stephen, where are you getting that? Well, our well, our listener base is you know a lot of eighteen, and I'm like, okay, well, your show is targeted toward you know towards eighteen to twenty five year old, so you're, so you're going to attract them anyway. And hey, listen, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying trying to get in anyone. I mean, my show is pretty you know bi- biased. So yeah, obviously, I'm going to expect that I get more you know conservative you know, millennials than I do liberal. It's just kind of the way this whole thing works. But I think, I think in general, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I don't really know how to look at Gen Z just because I am, I am older now. So, yeah, I think the claim is they're more conservative at this point than any other generation was at the same time. But I still, as you said, I don't know how they come up with that. Like, I don't know what that's based on. Well, I will say this. This is the one thing that kind of gives me hope for the Democrats a little bit. I say a little bit, like, barely, but I think even, 
I think the far left has gone so far with PC culture and just the outrage mob that like even some even some Democrat kids I know on campus are like, okay, this like fifty seven genders stuff yeah. has gone which I mean I think is still pretty good. I mean it's not great, but I mean at least what I'm hoping at least is that kind of at least the PC wing of the left will will die down. I, I've I feel like if we could at least get to the point where the two sides could at least debate and argue again without trying to to rip each other's heads off, I feel like we would live in a much better world. But at the same time, I don't really see that happening realistically with social media being so much more prevalent and, you know, just the outrage mob. Yeah, I mean, Ruben Ruben has said it, Sticks has said it, and... You know, the best thing that would have happened would have been for the Republicans to retain the House as far as the rebuilding of the Democratic Party because it would have, they would have had to, right? I mean, if they had gone from projected blue wave to um, to nothing, it would have blown up the party. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting now. I can't tell if they're going to slowly keep creeping further left or with, like, Trump trying to put in Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. Like... She's already trying to moderate. I mean, she's already talked about not impeaching and that being a bad idea and just things like that. So she, I think she probably knows. Which... Um, and, and the other thing, too, and it, and it ties together, is, like, look at everyone's... I'm sure you've seen, like, where they show the exit polling from Texas where it was, like, 60% of white women voted for Ted Cruz and, like, 80, or 90% of black men voted for Beto and 98% of black women voted for Beto. Have you seen that? Yeah. Um. So, so if if they're smart, which they're probably not, they realize okay. So if you've already got ninety five percent of the black vote, you can only gain another five percent. There's no there's nowhere left for you to go, really. Like best case, you max out, you get a hundred percent of the black vote. Whereas Republicans have a lot more room to grow because there's forty percent of the white women vote Ted Cruz didn't get. And he could, and, and theoretically, they, you know, we could start reaching out and, and taking votes from the black community. There's a lot more upside for Republicans than there are for Democrats. Because when your politics is complete racism and intersectionality, you don't have far to go when you've already got 95% of the black vote. The, the, thing, with it, the thing that's so interesting is the, the, the intersectionality with the left has become so polarized that all the different intersections have started cannibalizing each other because <laughs> and and like in a weird way I'm hoping that they cannibalize each other sooner rather than the, the later like I'm I'm not I'm not one to advocate violence so yeah. you know so don't yeah, not be literal, that not, not literal cannibalism but but at the same time if if they if they cannibalize themselves literally <clears throat> you know which I mean, we we joke, but I mean, things have gotten so far. If, if I mean, at, at at some point, the Dems are going to have to rein themselves in collectively, or they're going to have to start start. They're going to have to start over. It's one of the two. Yeah, so, and I mean, it's it's weird that you're saying that Nancy Pelosi is the one trying to moderate because. If you had said that Nancy Pelosi would be the modern Dem <laughs> five years ago, I would have I would have laughed at at you. So that that's yeah. that's how that's how that's how weird things have gotten that we're now looking at, N- at Nancy Pelosi to, to be the voice of moderation. Well, because so. it, it's gonna fracture, man. They're gonna the, the the base and the far left are gonna push her to do all the things they want to do, the impeaching and all the nonsense, all the investigations. And if she does, and this is why Trump, I know he said he was being serious at this press conference, but let's be real. Maybe he does think she deserves it. I don't know. But she's going to be an absolute punching bag for Donald Trump if she tries to impeach him or, or do all this stuff. <clears throat> well, here's, here's the interesting thing with Trump. Um, I remember this was a big thing during the election with the whole never Trump. Trump Pe- okay, people think the media will say that Trump was the one who 
made the Republicans go further to the right. Okay, that that's the whole narrative. But in actuality, it's interesting because I would say that Trump mod- moderated the uh, moderated the Republicans perhaps more than anyone else because he was the one who uh, during the RNC openly like held a gay pride flag during his yeah. uh, you know convention speech and and basically welcome in welcomed in uh you know all those gay conservatives into into the fold so uh and i i i think that there are certainly some democrats like Pelosi who saw that and are like oh well trump's actually moderating we're not going to tell other people that he's doing that but yeah so maybe you know it's it's interesting now the now the republicans are the quote-unquote moderate party in terms of wanting to let anyone in and now, the Dems are the exclusive. Club. Yeah, I mean, Dave Rubin was doing a like a live uh, stream the other day for after the I don't know if it was before or after the election. Yeah, and uh, they, someone had asked him about like what's going to happen with like the Libertarian Party and whether that was going to like cost us long term or not long term cost us short term having Democrats win while that sort of fleshes itself out, like what's going to happen with the, because, you know, obviously a lot of the votes that are going to libertarians would otherwise go to Republicans. Uh, but I, it almost seems like the Republican party is becoming libertarian. Yeah. Um, real quick, bro. Brian just put in the comments, gay pride, gay pride is gay. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no shit, bro. <laughs> Ryan and uh, and by, by the way, are are you are you going this year? Uh, to gay pride, to gay pride, Brian. The 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 way you act in here sometimes, I don't know. I have to I have to quest, I have to question you. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh very. Well, I mean, like I said, the I mean. Well, let's be honest. What happened with the libertarians? I think the libertarians actually could have been a, a serious contender in 2016, had Gary Johnson not been the guy who. I mean, who though? Like one of the better libertarians. I mean, you've got Austin. Is it Austin Peterson? Yeah. But, but even in New York, there was a guy, uh, Larry Sharp, who I thought was a pretty interesting character. And what did he? He didn't even get two percent of the vote. And I mean, I know it's New York, but still, yeah. it's like, yeah. What, what's what's interesting? Someone's got to make a leap to at least ten percent. I mean, you can't even. Yeah. Well, new. Well, see, New York is is hard because, like, I actually know a lot of people who are conservative <clears throat> in New York, and people always joke that you're like, oh yeah, you know, all five people. Are, but yeah, no, no, man. I mean, there are a lot of people like you know in in rural New York. Well, you know, and like you you mentioned John earlier, you know, uh, John Neary. I mean, he's conservative, but he doesn't he doesn't live in Manhattan. So yeah, I mean, man, unfortunately, Manhattan and you know Albany being you know big city areas. That's the reason. You know, that's Manhattan is arguably the reason why New York is so, you know, far left. So, yeah, New York City. I mean, you, yeah. half the population of the state is in New York City, and they all vote left. Yeah, which is ironic, considering that you know, Trump, it's a total crap hole. Well, well, <laughs> well, no, New York's not a crap hole anymore. It's it. New yeah. York is nice. It's just expensive as shit to live there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Giuliani cleaned it up, but yeah, Giuliani cleaned it up, and now I I think De Blasio is still in there. I I don't know. Um, I mean, I've I've been there. Like almost ten times now, so I sh- I should know. I don't I don't really go to cities a whole lot. Mm, I mean, I've not neither do I anymore. I mean, I would I would say that where I'm at in Florida is kind of like a small, it's kind of like a big town slash 
small city. Hopefully it doesn't go any any bigger. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what's what's been scary to watch is uh, Denver and Colorado. You want to talk about a state that used to be, you know, pretty conservative. That's where I'm originally from. I mean, Colorado used to be pretty far red, and then Denver just grew and grew and grew. And yeah. like you said, it's the city, and you know now Denver went from like solid red to purple to now deep blue, all within my lifetime. Yeah. So, well, the conservatives will just move out at some point, and then wherever they move will be red, I guess. But I mean, there's probably something cyclical to that. But see, like, that's the other thing, is where do we move to? Everyone keeps saying Texas, but like you mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, you know, Texas, <clears throat> Texas is not necessarily, you know... Limp-proof. I hate to, I hate to say it to you Texans, yep. but uh, you know it's it's not so. Uh, California man, they're all leaving. Let's just go right in. <laughs> you know what we? You know what that that's actually not that's actually not a good idea. That that's actually not a bad idea. Um, there's just, there's a lot fifty five electoral votes just sitting there waiting well, for us. Once once we uh, once. All, once the left has left California, jo- Josh Rogers can just go back there and just take over as de facto governor, and we can. There you we, go. We can move in and, and call and and re uh, and rename California Danger Zone Nation Nation. So just just take every, just take everything over. So, but uh, yeah, now it's. I mean, so I guess in where do you think? Uh, so I mean, how do you think this whole recount thing is going to shape out? Any predictions at this point? I really don't. It's so wild. Um, I mean, I haven't checked in a little bit, but it's like I can't even put my phone down. I can't stop checking it. Um, like I said, the last I saw it was like 12,500 votes. I can't imagine at this point with all the magic votes they've already found and counted that there's another, you know, 13,000. But um, I do know that there are already votes that are illegitimate that have been counted. Um, I know that there was uh, a sworn, um, like a sworn statement. Uh, so under penalty of perjury, uh, it was that there were damaged ballots that were filled out without representatives of the campaigns uh, present, which that's against the law. And uh, there was also someone else, who, again, I think it was under sworn, uh, a sworn statement, that said um, they saw people filling out blank ballots, were fired, and then told not to come back. So if these two, if, if I think it's two separate people, maybe it's the same, but either way, if they're lying and if they're caught lying, they've just... I mean, I think isn't isn't perjury? It's a felony, isn't it? Like five years in prison. Oh yeah, per, perjury perjury is e- is uh, easily a felony. So no, I know that. I I think it's something like five years in prison though. Like isn't isn't felony? It doesn't actually come with a jail sentence. Yeah, and I yeah I I, I believe I believe that is it that is a felony. So so so. And the fact that they've already found uh, votes. I don't know if you saw, there was actually uh, like a transcript. I think it was the Daily Caller. There was a transcript that came out from uh, uh, from the, it was the lawyers of Nelson and Gillum objecting to the idea that a uh, illegal citizen vote shouldn't count. And they objected. They're literally arguing to count, uh, to count votes uh, of people who don't, who aren't citizens. So, because they, they, they found like 20 of them in a batch of like 208 votes. They found like 20 of them. So it's like, how many of those are there? You know? And I saw some, I don't, I don't remember who it was, if it was Charlie Kirk, someone was tweeting out um, that there was like, there's like 2.75 million people in the country who are registered to vote in multiple states. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen people on my college campus who are the who they're always the ones during election season who always ask students, "Hey, are you registered to, to vote?" And I've seen them with like you know stickers that 
um, have like you know Hillary for president now. You know my school's policy is that for that because I looked into it, the people who sign up to do election stuff aren't allowed to to wear like regalia. You know promoting one one uh, candidate or the other, one party or the other, and yet the, and yet they do it so. I actually called him. I actually called him out on it and got the, and the guy is like tried to, to try to slink away and like you know, they basically tried to to like avoid me questioning them with my with my phone in my, in my hand because I was I was filming them, and uh, you know and that was just that was just one, that was just one school. I don't know how many you know how many people they signed up and. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. It just that I was able to show up, but you know, it, it uh, you know, it's scary how much voter fraud is. Yeah, is going on. If, if I if I had to guess, I think the elections hold up in Florida. I mean, that's a guess. It's I, not. Yeah, I well, I well, I I would agree. I would, and I would say that that's only because Rick Scott is governor right now. Well, and he's not letting it go, obviously. Right. I, I'm less sure about Arizona than I am about Florida. Oh, bro. Oh, I, I mean, I've been ta- I've been talking to, to Brian for a bit. He's shitting bricks over. Yeah. What's going on? And well, I'm I'm pretty sure McSally has filed a lawsuit as well. I mean, it's not getting any coverage really, but I think there's stuff going on there too. It's just not getting the same coverage. Yeah, I mean, well, let's put it this way. I, I mean. Someone tweeted out, and I actually think that this could be true. I forget who tweet, tweeted out it out, but but someone was saying that Florida is a distraction for the Arizona. Voters. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, okay, I saw yeah. that. Well, in Georgia too. I mean, isn't aren't they looking at the governorship in Georgia now again? Yeah, um, and I was in. Yeah, I was. I'm in a. I'm in a group. I'm in a group on Facebook that's you know nationwide for conservatives we have a lot of people in in georgia so that right that race was you know it's 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 crazy so because that's that's going to matter when it comes to redistricting in the future oh yeah absolutely absolutely so you know and and then of course you know florida georgia there's a thin there's there's a thin border so yeah um it's and it's it's crazy that Georgia could even go liberal because, you know, that's supposedly part of the Bible Belt where people are mostly Yeah. Yeah, I mean I haven't looked at the twenty twenty map or anything for as far as the Senate goes, but if we lose both seats, that's trouble because we obviously that loses a cushion. Uh the seat in Alabama I know will be up and that, it sounds like Jeff Sessions, I guess, is talking about running for his old seat that he left to take the age, the attorney general job, so I mean we'll get that one back. But which I actually think is, which I actually think if that if that's true, that was a good move on Sessions' part. Yeah, yeah, he'll 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 win walking away. It won't even be close. Where uh, I mean I don't want to I don't want to dox you dox you. Where are you? But you're gonna. Well, I don't I don't know. So, what, what was the question? Where, where, where are you in all? Where are you in all of this? Or I, I guess a better part would be what part of the country are you? I'm, I'm in Vermont. Oh. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know all about Bernie. Well, yeah, you know about, you know about Bernie better. I, I see. I did not know that until. Literally five seconds ago. So yeah, we we actually just uh, our governor is a is a total rhino, but he uh, at least he beat out. I don't. You must have seen we had the uh, transgendered candidate running. Oh, for governor. Y- oh yeah, Diane, s- Diane Hellquist. I saw that. Well, you know, Colorado has its first openly gay governor. So. Um, which you know that's not so much of an issue to me as much that he's a big lefty from from Boulder. So yeah, well she she's I mean she's Bernie uh, she he is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it. Uh, he's Bernie Sanders in a dress, uh, but 
same policies. And it's crazy because even the far, I mean, this, this state has been democratically controlled for what, 30 years. I mean, even the far left, uh, Peter Welsh, who's the, one of the, he's the representative for Vermont. They spent a million dollars to study whether they could do universal health care on a state level. And everyone, even the far left people in Vermont said, nope, it'll bankrupt the state. And this person is like, nope, we're doing it anyway. Like that was on, that was like part of this person's platform. And everyone in Vermont was like, no, like that can't happen. Like you will bankrupt the state in a second. The, the irony that they, they, the irony that they even spent a million dollars to, to, to research that. I mean, that's ironic in and of itself that it cost a million dollars to, to research this shit. So... Yeah, I, you'd think it would just take like addition and subtraction. I I I could I could have I could have given them like three books on you know basic economics for like I could buy a calculator at Staples for five dollars and I told them. <laughs> yeah, uh, n- no, it would, no, it, no, it won't work. Yeah. So, uh, well, um, you mentioned Tucker Carlson. Oh yeah. I don't I don't want to jump around too much, but you mentioned no, you mentioned the Daily Caller and, and whatnot. Did you see what happened uh yeah. like, I guess I guess there was no footage, but did you hear what happened with, with Tucker Carlson and No there was you're talking about at his house? Yeah. Yeah, there was footage. You didn't see that, it was on Twitter. Oh 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 there there's there's footage? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, you couldn't see a lot. It was dark, obviously, and they were just screaming in a bullhorn and yelling and stuff. But, yeah, there was there was footage of it. I don't know if it's gone now, but it was there. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so... And then, they, and, then, and then they say you can't own an AR-15. That's like, oh, yeah? Well, no, okay, it's not a... It's not even that for me. I'm like, okay, this whole thing with Tucker Carlson happened, and that was that was kind of pushed to the side. Meanwhile, the left is getting their panties in a bunch and saying that Trump is attacking the First Amendment because uh, he finally put he. I I knew this was going to happen before the year was out too because Acosta just kept pushing his luck and pushing his. Yeah. Luck and you know being being aggressive. That was that was the big news story though that Trump you know is 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 talking in the first round because he kicked, which first of all he didn't kick Jim Acosta out Secret Service, um, because I mean Acosta pushed that White House staffer, uh, yeah. or something and Secret Service followed protocol and. Which it's, it's like, don't get me wrong. It's not like the guy punched her in the face. I get it, but and I don't know that it, that it even constitutes something like assault, right? Because if touching somebody else, I mean, like, I mean, he really didn't. Well, but it's not like he shoved her. Even you know what I mean? I think it was sort of reactionary. Regardless, the fact is, it was pretty much established. You get a question, we move on, unless Trump grants you a follow up. And he asked a question. It got answered. Trump wanted to move on. He tried asking four more questions, which weren't even really questions. It was just him arguing. It like it was like okay, we're done here. He was being rude to his fellow, you know, journalists yeah. in the room too. Like the other guy had the mic, and like I didn't see it, but you can kind of inference it off camera that Jim Acosta goes over the, over to the guy and grabs the mic out of the other guy hand, guy's hand and keeps uh, asking questions. Now that. Now I wish someone would have gotten footage of that because that that is assault yanking, I think like you know forcefully yanking the mic out out of another guy's hand. So um, yeah, I mean, and as far as Tucker Carlson goes, I think it's so funny because I don't think of tar- Tucker Carlson as being very far right at all. Yeah, like, I really so don't. so yeah, that's something I did want to ask you about. So I haven't had a chance to. Um, what to watch or listen to, to the Carlson Sunday special? Although, although I'm going to probably after this. Um, but you're one of the only conservatives I know who who does. You and I, I mean, like 
you're one of the only conservatives who I know who doesn't really, I don't want to say, you don't dislike Tucker Carlson, but you don't love him either. I'm no, not, I'm, I'm, I mean, sometimes I like him and sometimes I don't. Uh, when you listen to that interview, you'll hear, you know, he, he says something, and then when Ben tries to disagree, you know, he would he's talking out of both sides of his mouth through the whole interview, the whole interview. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I agree, but then I disagree. Um, I'm trying to remember what the point that was brought up was. One of the points was brought up, and, and he flat out told Ben, like, that's just a talking point, and, it, and it's not. Like, I think they were talking about accountability, like, take, like you're basically you're responsible for your, your, your choices. And he was arguing, not, there's luck, right? There's this, the circumstances of luck are involved, and so you're not really that accountable. I'm paraphrasing. For your for your choices, right? And it's like, well, wait a second. That's not just a talking point. You absolutely are. Like, you're not wrong in that people have different levels of circumstance. But to then say that because your circumstances are different or whatever, that you're not accountable for the choices you make, like that's just ridiculous. Was he may was he maybe trying to like play devil's advocate and then just like? No, I I don't I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. Okay, you'll yeah. have to listen to it, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 certainly I'm certainly going to. I mean, yeah, honestly, I don't see I don't have cable anymore. Like, I just have a giant internet pipe, and I just have Netflix, and like you know, and then I and Amazon, and then like for news and whatnot, I just go off YouTube. So like, I've never actually seen Tucker's full show, which. I mean, well, and watch him. He just did a like they called it a debate. It wasn't a debate because I felt like they agreed a lot of the time. But watch, and he never questioned him the whole time. He never pushed back on him. Watch his debate at Politicon with Chank with Chank from TYT from the Young Turks. I he never pushed back on him. Chank would just say the most stupid crap, and he wouldn't even push back on it. Like he just let him go. And it's like, okay, I understand you're trying to, I guess, play the again play the moderate role, but. Come on, if the guy says something that's outright foolish, then you need to tell him it's foolish. I want see. I wonder how much though, because I mean, I've been podcasting, and I've I, not to brag. I mean, I have met people in the media business, and I honestly have to wonder how much of Tucker of Tucker's behavior is the Fox News top brass basically saying, okay. Um, we're, you know, now that you represent, now that you represent us, you have to act in this way because I, I certainly know, um, from listening to Gavin McGinnis talk, Gavin has pretty much said that after, um, and I mean even even Rush has said this that basically after um, after what's his face, um. Oh crap! Like oh, Roger Ailes. After Roger Ailes passed away, you know he he was the one who started Fox. Um, after he passed away, and uh, you know, I guess I guess whoever replaced um, him as head of Fox is now trying to moderate him. Is trying is trying to moderate it more, so to speak. It it could be. Have him sort of play. I mean, I guess if you've got Sean Hannity, maybe they're having Tucker Carlson sort of play the middle guy. Yeah, I mean, I cable news is such a weird. I mean, that that's the other thing I, I like about, about podcasting is you know even like you know in Fox News they're still new they're still news group whereas like a lot of a lot of podcasters you know unless you're the New York Times unless you're one of the New York Times podcaster. You know, you're you're actually like one of those big podcast companies, like you know, Vox or Gimlet or something like that. I mean, a lot of podcasters on both the left and the right, whether you agree with them or not, are are purely independent for the most part. So, yeah. Um, well, any uh, any final thoughts that you? Uh, Nothing I can think of. I think we got it all, man. Yeah. Well, uh, 
you know, once you uh, submit your submit your podcast uh, ideas a bit more, and we can talk for a bit after the show. But uh, you know, once you uh, once you have more ideas, uh, I'd love to have you come on and promote your new uh, show and let me know uh, and let the audience know what's uh, happening with that. Sounds so. good, buddy. Alright, uh, thank you for coming on. And folks, thank you for uh, watching. I'll be back um, on Monday for part three of the uh, election uh, special coverage. I really do a Monday show, but I think we're going to uh, need to uh, do it. And, uh, oh yeah, Owen... Uh, wait, Brian, did, did Owen actually mention me? In one of his streams recently, that I'm I'm all right. Brian is saying that Owen Benjamin told me the Whitfield Report is all right. If that's true, <laughs> first and first of all, Owen 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 declined Owen declined my invitation to come on here back when I back when I liked him. But uh, you know, even so, if he if he's now suddenly remembered who I am, well then I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to straighten that six foot giant. Um, out so um but oh yeah brian i i am gonna send the link hold, hold your hold your horses so you he wants he wants me to send you a link to the new danger zone yeah i'm i'm looking at it i'm looking at it right now okay well uh at any rate folks uh thank you for watching slash listening to the show as i mentioned we'll be be back on monday so from all of us here at ngc1 good night god bless god save this great nation and we are out of here. Alright, folks. And as I mentioned at the end of the uh, main show, I will be back on Monday to uh, do a third part of the midterm post-analysis. As I said, I never do a show on Monday, but I will. Monday is also Veterans Day, so I'll be uh, sure to do something with that as well in the same episode. Hopefully we'll have this midterm thing figured out by then, folks, but I honestly don't know. Uh, Hopefully it'll be resolved in our favor for Florida. That's all I can say. Alright folks, as always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you would be so kind, please support us on Anchor uh, by clicking the uh, link or uh, tapping the support icon in your podcast app, whichever you have. And uh, please supporting this podcast, it really helps me out. And if you're unable to uh, support the show, at the very least, uh, financially speaking uh please tell your family and friends about the podcast that always helps out tremendously and please uh leave us a rating and review on itunes as well those two things really help us out and as always folks uh thank you for tuning in i'll see you on monday for the uh conclusion of this election special From all of us here at NGC1, God bless and God save this great nation wherever you are in the past, present, and future hour.